We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for November 18th, 2019. And next one, we're going to play a short clip um, from uh, an actual trailer. And um, it's I just entitled Holocaust of the Giants, Actual Participants That Helped Dig Up the Giants. And the cover up and the cover up that always ensues. So this is just a short clip here from the True Legends Episode 3 Holocaust of the Giants. I was hired by the government of Sardar to dig up the skeletons of giants. We always carried the bones and the artifacts we found into the church. So they would make the skeletons disappear. And the church was always involved because they didn't want people talking. Because the church, there's been a gigantic cover-up of, of particularly the Catholic Church uh, for centuries to cover up the biblical and archaeological evidence of giants that the Bible talks about. They want to be able to control the narrative. I also believe that you know these Nephilim bloodlines are most likely infiltrated to the top of the Illuminati politics, these types of things. They place some... Um, I mean, let's face it, Satan's the prince and the power of the air. He's the one at the top of the food chain. Then there's the fallen angels, the demons, and the devils, and then the the humans that they control are under them. So obviously they're going to want to control the narrative um, regarding what the Bible clearly lays out. It's all over the Old Testament where it talks about giants. We were just giving you verses in Deuteronomy and Numbers and, you know, I mean, Genesis 6. It's very... It's undeniable it's in there but <clears throat> particularly factions of the church and the, and the corrupt catholic death cult have for centuries conspired to cover this up and that's what this whole uh this episode three holocaust of giants it, it gets into a lot of that the catholic cover-up so we asked the priest uh, uh, what are we supposed to do with the skeleton and he said, uh, break it into pieces and bury it under the foundation of the house. So they said, the, the church said, break it to pieces and bury it under the foundation of the house. Make sure there's no evidence of this because we don't want anything that's going to confirm that portion of the Bible. For some reason, it's very important for the wicked, evil, corrupt Catholic church to totally cover that up. And the, the Smithsonian Institute is does the same things. They go in and you know they're controlled by luciferians and they go in they control in they either claim these types of skeletons they buy them and then they disappear them into the night and they're never seen again it's very common it's well known with any type of research i've went over this tons of times in other studies as well i personally excavated two skeletons that were more than 10 feet tall They don't want things that are going to confirm the Bible, that the Bible talks about, that the Bible could be used as a source of, wow, this is truth. No, they want to say, oh, there's no truth for this. We we evolved from a rock, you know, which turned into a monkey at one point, and then man came. They'd rather you believe in that fairy tale than the obvious legends that exist throughout all types of cultures about giants, about what the Bible says. They want to be able to you know debunk that because they don't want to, anything the bible's pointing to they don't want to 
give the Bible any credence. They want to try to... Now, granted, there's going to come a time when that's done away with, but um, <clears throat> up until this point, that's been their game plan. There's kind of a lot of dead space here, but I, I can't really... It's only like a four-minute video, so just if you could bear with it a little bit sorry what happened with the anasazi the anasazi indians that disappeared literally like overnight a gigantic race of indians i believe in the southwest portion of america i've seen tons of documentaries on them and they literally disappeared overnight and it was well known if you look at what they were doing prior to their disappearance they were worshiping these whether they were fallen angels or nephilim they would show up demand worship and always demand human sacrifice and i believe just like it talks about in enoch they got to the point where the bible where where enoch says and and this makes sense because the bible says in, it says in the bible that they eateth up the inhabitants of the land so it always gets to that point where it doesn't matter how many humans you're sacrificing to the, the the fallen angels and the giants eventually you're not going to be able to appease them anymore eventually you're going to run out of bodies and they're going to start eating you you're not going to be able to placate the devil you never are so i believe personally that's why the the anastasi were wiped out seemingly overnight almost without a trace not to say they didn't leave a lot of their culture behind but i'm talking evidence of the bodies and things of this nature, um, how they seemingly disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah, they're showing the Anastasi where they lived. I mean, they lived in these, like, places that would have been very, very, very hard to get to for the average person, and very, very well hidden in, in like, these mountainous caverns and probably, I don't know if this this the Arizona region. And it shows Steve Quayle and Timothy Alberino and Tom Horn, like, walking these ruins. A portal opened, a doorway, and the giants came up out of the earth. Uh, a portal opened, and the giants came out of the earth. Now, remember that, because a lot of the stuff we're talking about today ties in with one another. Just remember that, portal opened up, and the giants came out of the earth. Oh, huh. And that's how they manifested. So they could show up and blindside you. You wouldn't even be expecting them. And all of a sudden they're there and they want human sacrifices and they want them now. It's almost like they were eaten on the run. This was the violent overthrow of the Anasazi. The Smithsonian is hiding a secret. Tens of thousands of artifacts were carted off to the Smithsonian's repositories, including the bones of the giants. Giants roamed the America. Turn of the 19th century, bodies of they're showing all these actual archival footage of newspaper clippings where they're showing these giant skeletons that people saved in their scrap albums, photo albums, and they're still on record. You can't wipe all that out of existence. And they're showing one after another after another of these actual skeletons that were uncovered. And I'm talking big, turning up all very, very big suckers. I mean, these guys are nine, ten feet tall. This one is a nine foot 
prehistoric California Indian. Measurement authenticated. Other big men and women fact found fable or just biggest giant ever. Uh, I'm just trying to see how if they give the actual height of it. It's it shows two guys standing next to the coffin. They they stood they stood this thing up. Oh, nine feet. I'm sorry, nine feet high. Yeah. So they're probably about five. I'd probably rather say five six. And she she's a nine footer. Oof. Over the United States. Where did they come from? And and I gotta say the 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 cinematography they used. I mean, they charge a premium for these, Steve Quayle and them, but they're really well filmed, though. I got to admit, all kind of amazing drone footage and very, very, very high quality. I, I think you can you can view them online, but it's still expensive. Uh, you can buy the DB or view them online. It um, you just look up uh, True Legends, Steve Quayle, and you should be able to find them. They're they're they're. I mean, if you're doubting this information that I'm talking to you today about, <laughs> go watch those. Okay, I've got into these before. I mean, these are just so well done. All over the island of Sardinia, there are massive stone sepulchers famed since time immemorial as tombs. They're showing of all the giants. These, all these stone sepulchers on Sardinia, which incidentally is where they invented sardines. Oh, sorry. A little humor there, sorry. Everywhere the megalithic towers stood, the tombs of the giants were close by. There may be tens of thousands of giants still buried in the soils of Sardinia today. Yeah. I mean, you talk about burial mounds. This one, which is a gigantic tomb, I mean, this thing is gigantic. It looks man-made. It's too perfect. It looks like a pyramid. And I'm pretty sure they're saying a pyramid is underneath that, potentially. But now there's land on it, but it just looks way too perfect. And it's right like in the in, in the middle of a region where, yeah, there's some mountains off in the distance. But where this is sitting, it's all flat land. It's very strange. Will they return? Giants are going to return to the earth, are going to rise from the dead. They're and they're already here is a multi-billion dollar black market for extractable DNA from the tissue and the bones of dead giants. The wow. stage is now set for mankind to bring about the re-emergence of the Raphaim. Because the wicked, sick, twisted Luciferians at the top that are getting their marching orders from Satan, they want to bring that defiled race back into our plane of existence at the greatest rate they can bring it in and they also want to inject us with their defiled dna if possible to create you know i don't know what you would call them some type of nephilim type creature i mean and again this is why i so caution against the vaccines because you don't i only go over what they list in the ingredients but who knows if they're putting microchips in the flu shots where you can scan them and the people are you know 90% of the audience in California was checking hot for microchips in the right or left shoulder where they got in flu shots. If they're willing to do that, what? They're willing to do anything. Who knows what are in the vaccines? And that's a direct way into your bloodstream.
through the vaccines into your muscular intermuscular tissue it's not like eating something it's different when you inject it straight into the body so that's why i'm so have done so many studies on the vaccines Enemies of God are about to become the architects of their own divine judgment. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, that's what this is all about. And what I'm trying to do is equip you with the information to realize that just like it was in numbers those verses that i read you in numbers that you know god is perfectly capable we're not supposed to be afraid of them and god is perfectly capable of going before you to destroy them and you know that's that's my mindset that's my heavy heavy conviction about this because i'm telling you this stuff is fixing to get real real if you want my opinion i've been talking about this for a long time um trying to prepare my listeners for what is coming now, the next report is, is the Pentagon using Moab bombs against giants hidden in Afghanistan? Didn't we talk about Moab, some in the Bible, and the Moabites and the Moab? And it was, Yeah, we're going to look at that too. It's funny, they picked the name for this Moab bomb to go against the giant in Afghanistan. Hmm, we're going to look at that. On April 12th, now this is from Dr. Michael Salia. He has a website called exopolitics.com. He is not a Christian. Okay, so, but he does put out a lot of information regarding the secret space program, regarding these giants in stasis chambers, regarding the giants that were fighting. This is independent of Steve Quayle's, Steve Quayle's research. This is a different thing. But when I go over his reports, I'm always trying to balance this biblically. So that's what we're attempting to do with this report. On April 12th, the U.S. Air Force dropped the largest conventional bomb in the Pentagon's arsenal to flush it. Now, this isn't a nuke, but it's the largest thing besides a nuke. Uh, they, they dropped it um, to flush out, supposedly to flush out Islamic State terrorists, according to official Pentagon reports. However, insider testimony suggests that another reason for the use of the Moab bomb... The, but the undisclosed goal is to flush out, capture, or destroy giants hidden in Afghanistan's ancient cavern system who possess technological secrets going back to the origins of human civilization. Now, Steve Quayle and L.A. Marzulli, they've done extensive things on the, the, the one giant that was over there that our elite military confronted. It killed like the first six guys, and then they sent another guy, I don't know, six or seven guys in, and it killed some of them, but they were actually able to kill it, finally. Um, that was well documented. There was a lot of diff first-hand different accounts or second-hand accounts that got back to, um, you know, people that actually got that information out. I've covered that many times. So, Afghanistan seems to be a hotbed for these giants. And there's extensive cave networks there, and it's part of the Middle East, and... 
the Middle East was where the giants were in the biblical times. So it really doesn't, I mean, that's where I think you see a lot of origination. At least that's where they were documented. That's what they were talking about in the Bible. So it wouldn't really, you know, surprise us to think, well, there are they still there to a certain extent? Um, the massive ordnance air blast bomb, Moab, which is called the mother of all bombs, and that's why they call it Moab, mother of all bombs. Okay, well, yeah, but it's weird that it's called Moab. We'll talk about that later. Contains 21,600 pounds of explosives and has a mile, evidently wild, mile-wide blast radius. That's substantial. The Intercept reported the Moab was not used by the Bush administrations uh, back in 2003 due to fears of collateral damage. President Donald Trump appears to be living up to his pledge to bomb the blank out of the Islamic terrorists. But is he? Are these terrorists the real target or just a cover for an undisclosed enemy? A, a threat Trump may not have been briefed about, but one locked into the crosshairs of the deep state that is really behind the attack. A number of a number of whistleblowers have come forward with stories of giants hiding in Afghanistan and other locations where these giants are currently awakening from their stasis chambers. They have been asleep in for thousands of years. Now I've covered that before. Um, maybe key in giants in stasis or stasis chambers, S T A S I S chambers. <clears throat> Secret. We're gonna we're gonna look at that a little bit today. Secret space program whistleblower Corey Good was among the first to publicly disclose the existence of stasis chambers that have been holding perfectly preserved giants for millennia. In August fourth, and I, I've seen this theme over and over and over again with these stasis chambers um, and the giants, and they're getting wet, ready to make their big debut and come back on the scene, which will again confirm what Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And the biggest thing going on in Noah's day were the giants. Okay, If you take a news crew back, that would have been the thing that dominated headlines every single night. And all the wickedness they were doing. In August 4, 2015, Good discussed how he had accessed information on the smart glass pads, which is like this highly technological device that he had access to during his covert service about these sleeping giants and the technology in the stasis chambers that were preserving them now here's a cover of the book genesis six giants by steve quayle it's another really good one i've got the book i actually haven't been able to really delve into it that far again it's just so hard for me to read things outside of the bible and outside of what i'm doing with my ministry but yeah that's a good one um when i was in the program the secret space program when I would have time to sit and look at the smart glass pad, there was a lot of information that I looked at. And one of them was that there were beings that they found underneath the surface of the earth, underneath, usually underneath mountains, burial mounds, Indian burial mounds, that, that where these beings were not dead, but they weren't quite alive either. They called them stasis beings. And it turns out the technology... Uh, they used technology that had been there long prior from this group they called the Ancient Builder Race which would have been essentially the fallen angels okay, that came, they produced the giants, they would have been termed as the original source, quote, God, small g. They were the ones that fell originally and procreated with women. Um, here's a picture of one of them in a stasis chamber if you want to see what one looks like. Um, sleeping giants in stasis chambers ready to awaken whistleblower claims. 
Uh, again, I can't claim authenticity, but they have a video of this one where they're actually in the chamber filming it. He's, he's still asleep. And um, there's two different videos from two different stasis chambers I've seen. And to me, they look authentic. Now, I can't say I'm not there, haven't been there, but I've seen so many reports of this. Uh, and it reminds me of something that, you know, Satan would have planned to do regarding the end times. So going further, it says, and it turned out they had technology that had been there long prior from this group called the Ancient Builder Race. So it didn't put the beans in stasis that a lot of us would think of as, a be as being frozen, but it just changed the way they experienced time. They would probably go to a sleep for 20 minutes and then, you know, a thousand years later would pass by or something. Good describes the size of the bean found in the stasis chambers. And to look down in they saw these very tall beans or very large giant humans with reddish beards these tall red-headed red beard groups were in europe and south and north america and apparently at one time um before the last ice age apparently they had a very very large area that they ruled yeah well they they ruled the whole earth prior to the flood of noah you know the thoughts of man were only evil continually they had totally taken over they had totally if they hadn't defiled all the DNA of, of, of mankind, they were probably close to it. They were obviously the rulers of the earth. This is where we get a lot of the legends of the gods from. And, um, you know, Satan had almost taken out all of humanity. Now, going from this report, it says, According to Good, the smart glass pads revealed Abraham Lincoln had seen one of the stasis chamber giants in one of the ancient mounds found across the USA. Because you have to understand, there was a long time period where they were actually excavating these mounds. And um, it wasn't like today where the Smithsonian would be Johnny on the spot and get to it right that, you know, the, the next day and then, you know, deny everyone access and then either rebury it or take whatever contents are out of it. It wasn't like that. There was more access to things back then. Uh, and now this this was supported by Lincoln himself, who said in an, in a exact quote, this is what Abraham Lincoln said, quote, the eyes of the species of extinct giants whose bones fill the mounds of America have gazed on Niagara as ours do now. Niagara meaning like, I don't know, if, I guess he's in reference to maybe Niagara Falls. Yeah, that was a quote from Abraham Lincoln. And in support of these remarkable claims, Good discussed two YouTube videos which he had earlier shared with the host, um, who are examples of stasis beans that they have been found all over the earth. The videos were released on YouTube and are in Russian language. In the first video, Good believes the stasis bean has died due to human interference. Yeah, it doesn't. That one, he looks a little green around the gills. He, he doesn't look like he's too too, too red hot. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe he might need some nitroglycerin, or I don't know. Some, maybe a pep pill. I don't know. But um. Yeah, he's not looking too good. Now, the second one, I just watched the first one. It was only 34 seconds. The second one, and I give you the link to these, okay? The link will be at the within this part of the PDF. You'll see it in there. Uh, the second one, I'm going to look at that real quick. So I'm watching the second one, and I mean, the guys, I mean, <laughs> I tell you, if, if this is a fake, that's a really good one. The guy literally has a paper of, like, the day, the date that he was there you know, like to verify that, okay, this is the date that I'm here. Um, the above video show what appear to be perfectly preserved bodies lying in a sarcophagi of some kind. There's no sign of advanced technology other than jewelry placed around the sarcophagi and on the bodies. Uh, 
Um, the two videos cited by Good have been subject of much internet discussion. One of the videos dates to a discovery in 2008 following the excavations for a building in the Kurdistan region of Iran. Again, this is the Middle East, which is kind of where you expect this. A Google translation of the Russian article of the discovery says, according to the data obtained from the presumptive enough reliable data, source photos show some of the sarcophagus and find it in the body of an ancient, of an ancient magician. All information supposedly obtained verbally has not been tested. Detection time, remember this is a bad translation, but detection time was around spring of 2008. As a result of the displacement of the ground tomb came to light in the cultural layer of the remnants of the ancient city. So these are things that are still found today. And if you're in an area, a remote area like Iran or one of these regions, you're not going to have the Smithsonian there, Johnny on the spot to cover, to do a massive cover up right away. And this is a big reason we're in the Middle East, meddling with things like, you know, in Iraq and Afghanistan and where in Syria and these types of places because we're looking for this ancient technology, because these giants are there. And who knows what other Luciferian mandates or other reasons we might be over there, but it's, it's not good. The second one, he's got a lot of like, they look like, I mean, this stuff looks like just solid gold, like little like idols around his head and this dude looks he looks like he's alive i mean he i mean if he opened his eyes any minute it wouldn't surprise me one bit i mean this i mean he really looks like a living like a very tall um i don't know how tall he is but man got long hair like a grayish beard he looks like i mean you, you think uh, he's got a crown on he looks like a king of some sort and i mean i'm telling you if this is fake it's one of the best i've ever seen but even if it is even if it is fake there's so many other accounts of this and these types of things first-hand accounts of people have been in these stasis chambers seen this stuff um you know we, we don't even need these videos uh, going further, um, an article, another article, gave an est a revised estimate for the age of the sarcophagus on the territory of Iran, formerly Persia. Um, the above-mentioned artifacts discovered by were discovered by accident when building the house. The builders found an underground mausoleum built. They estimated ten to twelve thousand years ago. I don't believe it's that old, but with three sarcophagi later corrected to be. Oh, later corrected to be 850 years old. And again, how, how do you 100% nail the date on that? The name of the ancient magician, magician or magi was Jeromir, who was said to be biologically active, uh, i.e. some kind of dormant stasis state. Ancient manuscripts in the ancient map of Russia were also found in the sarcophagus. So that was actually found in the Russian area, I guess. Um... The first of the preserved or sleeping bodies does not, however, appear to be a giant in comparison to the human hand in the video. It is hard to estimate the size of the being in the second video. Data used for the videos is said to be reliable. If so, they are stunning evidence that the ancient stasis chamber technology does exist, that can, that can and does preserve bodies for extremely long periods of times, just as Good had claimed. There is extensive evidence for skeletal remains of the giants being found around the world, as well as references in the Old Testament. 
Uh, so it's possible that some of the giants didn't make it to the secret stasis chambers hidden around the world. Well, I believe that all the giants were wiped out in the flood. Um, Jesus said they were marrying, giving in marriage, they were eating and drinking. And I gave you my theory on that in the last part. And then the flood came. So they weren't expecting it. And I believe the Bible alludes to everything that had breath was wiped out in the first incursion. So I don't think these are stasis chambers from, from the flood here because I think God killed them all in that one. Now, that doesn't mean the fallen angels that fell with Satan originally, the one-third, all of them were dead. I mean, there, yes, then there were the angels that were bound in Tartarus. Okay? The lowest abyss of hell. Okay? Well, then where do the rest of the giants come from? Well, there could have been more angels that fell. That's a... That's, something had to happen because the, you know they encountered them again. You know, when they went into the promised land. We just talked about that. It was well known. So, did more angels fall? Did, did certain of them possibly maybe escape underground and then reemerged after the flood? Ah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because God's judgment's true and sure and, and it said everything that had breath was wiped out. So, I'm more inclined to believe other angels fell after the flood again i don't want to get super mega dogmatic about that one though you know one way or another it happened we know it happened the bible says it's so so if, if you want to see a picture um i put i posted the picture in the pdf of a very close-up of this second giant's face and i mean it looks like he is wearing a solid gold very ornate crown he's got like this kind of like this long grayish hair he looks real tan to me um he's probably well i mean if you think about it why couldn't you incorporate a tanning bed into the stasis chamber i mean you could tan for centuries now, granted that's not that great for your skin though it produces a lot of free radicals especially if you're not getting your antioxidants he's not getting his antioxidants because he's not eating anything but then again he's a giant he's a nephilim so maybe he's got something else going anyway i don't know just throwing out some theories there sorry little humor there um but um yeah it's pretty crazy stuff here now let's go uh let's go further here according to steve quayle who has written several books about giants now this is michael salia of exopolitics now when what does that mean exopolitics that means extraterrestrial politics michael salia is with a group of people i think like stephen bassett and those types of people who are very actively pushing for what they call disclosure meaning for the government to finally come clean and disclose all of our different treaties we have with these supposed aliens and giants and things of this nature and to come clean and to bring forth all of the secret technology that's going to make our lives a breeze and we're going to have free energy and we're going to have cures to all the diseases and everything's going to be utopia and they're pushing for all the goodies and they're willing to literally sell their soul to, to get the goodies and that's why they really want disclosure um so exopolitics is the extraterrestrial politics that that's his like where where he lives essentially michael salia the the author of this report now but he's actually quoting steve quayle here who has written several books about giants elite u.s military forces have been stationed around the world 
including Afghanistan, to locate the Giants. He cites elite military personnel who have spoken to him about battles with Giants. During one of Quayle's radio interviews on Coast to Coast AM, one of his military informants called in and told the audience about an incident of the in the Afghanistan in Afghanistan involving a deadly encounter, and this is the one I referenced earlier, between a 12-foot giant and a U.S. Special Forces team. The informant claimed that the giant had killed nine members of an elite team sent to capture it, and it took a second team to arrive and finally kill. I, I heard another one the other day from another guy that they were in the, in one of these cave systems in Afghanistan, and I mean, it had killed so many people. Because they can kill you almost with your mind. When they approach you, what ends up happening is they put such terror in you it's like it's like the it's like the Vulcan mind meld on steroids, kind of, and it's all terror focused, and they they put this terror they 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 make you feel, and I believe this is apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe this is apart from the mandate in the Bible where it talks about in numbers to not be afraid of them, and the Lord will go before you and destroy them. But see, the thing is, is you have to really have to have the faith to believe that God can do that, and I don't know how much of that type of faith exists on planet earth right now i don't know jesus said when i come back will i find faith because ultimately that's what it really boils down yeah you got to be saved true but you also have to have the faith to believe that god is the same today yesterday forever and he could do exactly what he did in numbers and in the promised land okay where god will go before them i quoted you the verses those are the verses you want to have in your Bible. I mean, highlight them or print them out and keep them separately. Because what will those verses do? You read those and it's going to build your faith. It's like, ah, this is we've already seen, we've already been to this rodeo before in the Bible. These people have already encountered this. Caleb encountered them. He had the faith to believe. Joshua knew of them. Moses talked about them. So that's what we want to dwell on, those verses of Scripture. Because if you get into the fear mindset, they have won. And you don't have a gun big enough to take them on, most likely, unless you got a 50 cal, preferably with a copper bullet. Because copper is the, is the, is the best um, metal alloy. It's... it's um, Steve Quayle's talked about this at length. It, it's what is like their kryptonite. You hit them with a... That generally speaking, from what I've heard, if you engage these things uh, from a temporal, physical plane, you need to have a 50 cal, and it needs to have a copper, a full copper bullet. Not copper jacketed, a full copper bullet. And it needs to be a headshot, ideally then you can take them out one shot. You try to use a 223 or a 556 or whatever on these things and you know their, their bones are so thick by by themselves and you know it's going to be like using a pea shooter on them. Well, they didn't have that type of weaponry in the Old Testament. God defeated them all. And and that's when Israel was still stiff-necked. You know? wasn't like Israel was living in sinless perfection and well-pleased of God. But God still did it just despite them. And he said he did it to drive the wicked off the hand, not because they were so righteous. A lot to think about in all of this. I just truly believe that's the, the, these things should be biblically engaged. 
That's the way to, and that's the way God's going to get glory. That's the way people are going to get saved. That's the way great fear is going to fall upon all men in a good way. And they're going to consider, wow, this is what God can do. I thought, I didn't think anything was strong enough to defeat these giants. God, God dealt with it. No problem. So, um, let's see here. Um, I have heard similar stories from another special forces operations station at McDill Air Force Base who has served in Afghanistan and is knowledgeable about the secret war to capture or kill giants. I am, And they have captured some of these. I went to um, visit with um, the Colonel, Colonel SC in the North Carolina mountains before I moved up here. It was about mm, two to three years before I moved up here, and he told me about these things. He said he'd seen them. And underground bases. I think he said he saw one. I think it was underneath S4 at Papoose Lake. I mean, I spent I spent like four or five days with this colonel up here in the mountains. And um boy, that was a woo, that was crazy. That was a crazy wacky time. Let me tell you. Um and he said that that he was taken into one of these rooms where you weren't with the giant, but there was a red line there and he said you couldn't cross it because if you crossed it, it had, the, you have to understand these are giants. Their brains are like much bigger than ours are and they're used purely for evil. So a brain is electrical. Okay, our, our, our nervous systems are electrical and these things are, are high level, they have high level occult power that they possess. And he said there was a red line there, and it said if you cross that line, I, I think they would just essentially, you'd die. They would, I don't know if they would explode your what brain or something, I don't know. It was it was something that was really horrific that was going to happen to you. Now, I believe that's all apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe I could have went right across that line as a born-again saved Christian and believing that God, if God called me to do that. Now, that's another thing. You need to make sure you're called of God if you ever get into a situation where, now, you might be put into a situation where you got no choice and then you know what, what choice you got. God's put you there for that reason, for that season, so that he can get glory. So you might be thrust into it. You might be like Jonah kicking and screaming going to where your calling is. But it's much better off if you just go along with what God wants you to do. It's not about you. I'm talking to people that are called to this. I want to go so bad, I beg God all the time. Just translate me there, God. Wherever you want me to be, I will engage them. If I die, I die. But I don't think I'm going to. Because I have the faith to believe that God, who created the universe, is fully capable of dealing with a million giants. A million. I don't care. Two million. Whatever. It's irrelevant to me. The numbers are irrelevant. You know what? If one person deals with 10 giants god gets a lot of glory from that especially if he doesn't have a weapon and all he's got is the word of god mm. yeah and i'm not talking going there with a 50 cow and trying to take them on conventionally i'm not talking about that i'm talking about purely spiritual because we battle not against flesh and blood but against principalities well yeah but these things are flesh and blood yeah but they're the giants they're dad was a fallen angel okay so now you're delving into the more overtly evil realm 
of things and I believe it's more of a spiritual battle. The more you get into the more overtly evil things you're dealing with, the more spiritual that battle overtly becomes, at least in my eyes. It's all spiritual. I get it. But, you know, it, it, they did it in the Old Testament. You know? I'm not saying they weren't killed in the Old Testament, but you look at those verses in Numbers and it said God was the one that did it. He went before them in battle. He was the one that took them out. That's what I'm relying on. I'm not relying on my own sorry self. Um, he says, I've heard similar stories from another special forces operative stationed at MacDill Air Force Base who has served in Afghanistan and is knowledgeable about the secret war to capture or kill giants. I am presently encouraging the operative to come forward in his testimony through a third party. Quail uses biblical sources to support his analysis of giants and what they mean for human humanity in our current era. The ultimate source of power of the Nephilim or giants was the advanced extraterrestrial technologies possessed by their progenitors, the fallen angels. Yeah. And a strange irony, perhaps intentional, the Bible refers to a tribe descended from Moab. Hmm who they're saying was the son of Lot, who battled giants called the Emim. Now, Deuteronomy 2.9 says, because I looked that up, And the Lord said unto me, Distress not the Moabites, neither contend with them in battle, for I will not give thee their land for possession, because I have given it to Ar, who must have been a Moabite, under the children of Lot. I have given Ar, which is a portion of land, I'm sorry, under the children of Lot, for a possession so yeah the moabites were related to lot the book of deuteronomy says the emim lived there formerly as people as great numerous as the tall anakim and there we go with the word anakim which is where we get anunnaki like the anakim they were also regarded as rephaim which is another word for the giants in the old testament now i did a dedicated study on the giants that you might want to go back and reference just keen giants or nephilim because I've got into all like all the Bible verses where it talks about giants. I only gave you a few today. There's way more. But the Moabites called them the Emim. Meaning the Moabites called the um, Anakim and the Rephaim the Emim. So they had just different names for the giants. Different cultures had different names. The Horites formerly lived in Seir. But the sons of Esau, which were Moabites, disposed them and destroyed them before from before them and settled in their place just as israel did in the land of their possession which the lord gave them so if the lord gave you a possession of land and it, there were giants on it he wanted you to go in there and, and dispossess the giants now god was really i believe primarily the reason they were winning those battles it wasn't because their armies were so mighty i mean they were like grasshoppers in their sight but god was going in there and you know doing this and then giving them the land in this passage, the descendants of Moab destroyed the giants in the land that the Moabites wanted to settle in. Hmm, it's weird. Now the Pentagon just used a bomb called a Moab allegedly to destroy giants hiding in Afghanistan's cavern system. If quail and other sources are correct, this does not appear to be a mere coincidence. So again, just another thing to think about there. It's pretty interesting. Are we currently repeating history where humans are attacking giants to gain control over territory and ancient knowledge? This appears to be the case in Afghanistan with the recent use of 
the Moab bomb against the alleged Islamic terrorists. If my analysis is correct, then what we are witnessing in the Middle East in terms of war against the Islamic terrorists is a cover for a covert war against giants. The April 6th Pentagon strikes against Syria, now we go to Syria, mm, okay, might also be part of a covert war being waged against the giants. Now, again, I've given you a lot of reports in times past where these Anunnaki are showing up on the battlefields in Syria primarily and devouring human people. They're portaling in, when we talked about the portals, showing in wherever there's all kind of war and chaos, and in the midst of the war and chaos, they're killing people and taking their bodies back through the portals. Why? Because giants tend to like to munch on humans, just like they did in the Old Testament. Remember, it says that they eateth up the inhabitants of the land. It says it in Enoch as well. But, you know, if you just want to use the Bible, there's scripture there as well. So, on the border between Syria and Lebanon lies Mount Hermon, which is described as the main base of operations of the fallen angels and where they first fell in Genesis 6. Now, Mount Hermon is a whole other subject. That is where, according to Enoch, now again, maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but according to Enoch, that's where they originally fell. I mean, they had to originally fall somewhere. And the book of Enoch gets in it. I'm going to give you the little portion of Enoch that talks about it. Take it or leave it. I'm just using it in this commentary. But key in Mount Hermon in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com because I've done multi-part studies on Mount Hermon. Um, and... Um, the Danites, the tribe of the Danites. Mm, that's a very interesting study and how that could relate to the Antichrist. Just, just so much to unpackage that I have done in the past, but unfortunately I've forgotten a lot about a, some of the teachings I've done. I'm sure a lot of this is redundant. Some of this is redundant, some of it's not. Some of this is new stuff we're covering today. But the book of Enoch chapter six says, quote, and it came to pass, when the sons of man had increased, that in those days there were born unto them fair and beautiful daughters. Now that's exactly what Genesis 6 says. And the angel, essentially it is, and the angels, um, the sons of heaven, saw them and desired them. And they said to one another, come and let us choose for ourselves wives, where the children of men, um, from the children of men, and let us beget for ourselves children. Now those were the giants. That's exactly, basically what Genesis 6 is saying. Okay. And they were in all 200, meaning 200 fallen angels, and they came down from Ardis, or wherever that is, which is oh, which is the summit of Mount Hermon. Evidently, the summit of Mount Hermon is Ardis. Now, the summit of Mount Hermon is there today. It's still there. And again, I've done a whole study on this. Very crazy stuff about that place. And they called the, they called the Mount Hermon because on it they swore and bound one another with curses. I never forget, I was in Fort Myers driving down, I think it was Martin Luther King Jr. parking lot, and there was a church I went by, and it was like Mount Hermon Baptist. <laughs> oh man, I couldn't believe what I was saying. So you choose the, I mean, Mount Hermon isn't mentioned positively in the Bible anyway, but it's like, <laughs> they choose Mount Hermon. You know, and then, you know, there's like Mars Hill College or whatever in like Asheville, which is kind of appropriate. And, you know, Mars Hill was not spoken of in a good way in the Bible. It's just amazing. You you have to think I'm almost like, are you just a witch? 
or a warlock starting a church or a college and you're just wanting to put a name out there and just really throw it in the face and see if a Christian is actually going to research what that term means before you go there. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But, um, yeah, anyway, so um, Mount Hermon is where the Nephilim had their center of power for the Middle East and is where presumably much of the advanced technologies were hidden. And then you see all this conflict about Syria. Syria, Syria, Syria. And Mount Hermon and, and, and um, Mount Hermon and, uh, on the border of Syria Mount, and Lebanon lies Mount Hermon. Okay, and then you see all the stuff's going on over there. And so many of these reports that are coming out of these, of these Anunnaki that are manifesting over in Syria. And then you see the prophecy of Damascus being a ruinous heap and how we could be right on the cusp. And granted, a lot of Damascus is a ruinous heap right now, but it's not totally a ruinous heap quite yet, which would fulfill the Bible verse about Damascus becoming a ruinous heap, which never was fulfilled. So Syria seems to play a big part in end times prophecy and seems to also be a big focus of like our government, Turkey, Russia, Iran, israel syria just doesn't go away and then there's all these reports about these anunnaki manifesting in syria hmm wonder what's going on over there um uh mount okay i'll just read this last line again mount Hermon is where the nephilim had their center of power for the middle east and where presumably much of their advanced technologies were hidden and again is that why we're over there consequently i believe the renewed push for the U.S. to enter the Syrian civil war. Now, remember, this was written a little bit while back. I know Trump supposedly pulled out, but that's partial, okay? Um, there's still a lot of things that are being guarded over there as far as the oil fields go. Um, our push for the U.S. to enter the Syrian civil war is not driven by humanitarian concerns at all, as claimed by President Trump. Instead, the real goal is for the U.S. military to enter Syria and locate the ancient bases used by the fallen giants or angels and gain control over the extraterrestrial technologies that are hidden there. Hmm, imagine that. Clearly, the surge of U.S. military activities in Afghanistan and Syria is a matter of great global concern due to the loss of innocent life. Now, they give you the link to the sleeping giants in the stasis chambers ready to awaken, and then Antarctica and imprisoned fallen angels from the Book of Enoch. Now, remember, this is from Michael Salia. This is from an unsaved news site that wants disclosure that are all New Agers, so if you click on these links understand glean take it with a grain of salt don't buy everything hook line and sinker um there another report antarctic ice shelf destabilized as a race for ancient alien artifacts and new weapons heat up i have covered a lot of these subjects in previous studies now i said all that to lead up to this point because dave hodges has been talking a lot in the last week or so about what's going on in syria and these anunnaki now see dave hodges's dad he's got a different perspective than a lot of christians because he kind of grew up with this because of the background of his dad working in high level military things and he heard a lot of stuff so dave hodges is more open to certain things than a lot of the pastors are so i was pleasantly surprised when i heard his report on this and it's entitled what were u.s special forces running from in syria huh so i'm gonna play this is from dave hodges approximately 150 state special forces troops and two dozen quote advisors fled the u.s controlled compound of sirius manjeeb 
uh, in Syria's Manji uh, province after receiving credible reports of extraterrestrial invaders heading in their direction, according to Federal Service Bureau agent Dmitry Osmanovich. Now, you could say, I don't believe it. Well, RT was there the next day, Russian Today, and they've got all the, the pictures of the abandoned base, and whatever they they were trying to get away from, you can look at the pictures for yourself. I give you a link to the Russia Today article. They left a kitten behind, a puppy behind. They they left half-eaten meals behind. They left It looked like they left almost all their personal belongings behind. Whatever they did, they got out of there real super quick. Why, if Trump was just telling them to kind of do a peaceful pullout and just, you know, pull out and he announced to Turkey, we're going to do this and, and, and we're not trying to flee for our lives. We're just going to voluntarily leave. Why would they have done this so suddenly, like with their hair on fire and abandon a base where it's got thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars of our equipment, just abandon it in the, in the desert within like a two to three hour period and leave a puppy and a kitten behind that they show RT you know, has pictures of the puppy and the kitten. Why would they do that? It, it makes... No, makes sense to me. Anyway, let's play this. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, here we go with the most bizarre story ever. But let me first say this. I really like this guy named Tony Femino. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He used to be a sportscaster in the Phoenix area, and then he started to do news. And I think he thought he had a higher calling. And I get that. I've kind of transitioned from the world of sports. Dave's having issues with his microphone, so he's using, I think, an older microphone, and it's it's not very good. I do apologize, but hopefully you can hear it okay. Into the world of news, and I get it. It, it is, I think, a more important calling. And Tony has this show called Voice to America. And I get to listen to it on a lot of Sundays because I have a long drive to my church I go to in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's a little over an hour drive uh, to Trinity Church with Pastor uh, Mark. It's a, it's a great church. It's worth the drive. And on the way, I get entertained by a really good guy on the radio, Tony Femino. And what he does is he takes news stories and it gets common everyday people and sometimes officials, people in official positions, from foreign countries to come on and say, well, this is what's really happening. And he doesn't say this all the time specifically, but he's basically saying by his actions, I got to have these foreigners come on and tell me the truth about stories. Right. Because the mainstream media in America is not doing their job. Oh, yeah. And Tony has just a... Just like the Smithsonian's covered up giants for over 100 years. And the Catholic Church has. And, and any type of, of, of this type of, of subject, there's a total media blackout. Or if there's any press about it, it's whatever controlled narrative that they want to put out, whatever brainwashing thing they want to put out regarding it. Ordered in weeks, if I remember. Oh, sorry. Um, okay, the, the cute little depictions here, but I really need you guys to stop. Um, all right, let's get down to business here. There's a story about U.S. Special Forces in, um, uh, here, take care of this real quick here. Okay, so there's a story that says Anunnaki were headed towards U.S. Special Forces 
and they had to quickly bug out to avoid avoid being decimated. And I'm going, <laughs> right, right, okay. Ask the beer. We obviously didn't drink enough today. Except this dang story won't go away. I've actually talked to someone in Special Forces, and the stories being told through the ranks are they did indeed run from something. Now, a lot of times, cover stories can be invented. I'll give you an example of a cover story. Um, you won't like this if you like the Roswell story, but I happen to think it's true. Back in the 19, late 1940s, when we were supposedly the only power on the Earth that had nuclear weapons, we knew the Russians were working on it. So we put up high-altitude balloons to detect upper atmospheric testing. Remember, there's no satellites at this time. You know, your, your, your U-2 spy plane is about the best you've got in that area. So they had these, um, sat on these uh, weather balloons that would go up to very high altitudes. And they also would couple them with experiments at high altitude by using dummies and take, you know, uh, meteorological data and so forth and its effect on an entity. And so they would kind of kill two birds with one stone. And my dad told me that what he found out at Roswell was what crashed on Mac Brazel's land was not a UFO. They didn't recover alien bodies. It was the weather balloon that collapsed. And they tried to create a cover story so the Soviets wouldn't know what we were doing. And so they made up the alien story. But by noon the next day, after the paper ran with it, it was like, oh, my gee, we can't do this because people are going nuts with this story. This, the cover story was worse than, worse than the truth. And so then they had to back down the story. And then a whole culture of, uh, look at those little green men in the sky, were born. And I, by the way, I happen to do that about the Roswell. Oh, people get mad when I say that. Oh, they get mad. You know, the Roswell story is interesting. It truly is. Uh, my dad had a very pragmatic approach. He was not a believer in aliens and UFOs. And um, so, nonetheless, I thought you'd find that as a good aside. So back to the main story in Syria. Let me read to you a couple things here that came up. And this just sounds absurd until I share with you where I got some of this info. This is pretty scary. 150... United States Special Forces and two dozen advisors fled a U.S.-controlled compound in northern Syria's Manbij after receiving reports of extraterrestrial invaders the Anunnaki headed their way, and the information originated with the FSB. Oh, see, there's your Russian connection. Um, as the story goes, Putin urgently called Trump, who doubted the story, and he said, no, they just materialized 50 kilometers from you, and you need to go, and you need to go now. And Trump hesitated, and Putin said, you're not going to get a second chance. All right, moving on. Okay, now this is why they fled so quickly. Well, he'll get into it more, but that's why Putin was like warning Trump, if you don't get these guys out of there, they're toast. And took, uh, said, okay, I'm going to err on the side of caution, so he called the commander. And he told um, General Richard D. Clark, commander of U.S. Special Operations Command, to uh, have them immediately evacuate. Well, yeah, but he skipped over something major there. Trump was actually shown videos of these things that Putin sent him. And when Trump saw that, that's when he gave the, the, the call to the commander, uh, General Clark, to get them out of there. Now, I'm going to go over that in the next report. 
But again, I'm, this is all building up to something that we're talking about. And the whole, you know, hour and I don't know, two hours I've done before this is all building up to this point so that we can see the, the potential validity of what we're talking about here. We had all personnel. And Clark said, Mr. President, what, what's going on? I said, this doesn't seem credible. And he said, are you questioning my authority? You know, do it and do it now. So they escaped. Okay. So they were supposedly forces from the Anunnaki that materialized and the Russian surveillance picked them up. I think that sounds crazy. Crazy. Except I talked to some people out of Russia and they work with me through, um, shall we say, uh, I can't say how we set this up. Let's put it this way. They're able to move their communications around so it can't be traced to them. And they're interested in having peaceful relations between the U.S. and Russia. They don't want a third world war. They hate the bankers. They hate the deep state in this country. They hate Pelosi, Schiff, and all the others that keep America and Russia separate with ridiculous things like the Russian collusion delusion. Again, though, he's buying into the whole mainstream media narrative that it's right-left paradigm, the whole nine yards. Dave... Dave just can't seem to break out of that, um, no matter what information I send him on Trump. So bear, bear that in mind. This is their mindset. And some of these people, and I got to be really careful what I say here, but they are connected to or have connections to some pretty high level Russian power. And I'm not going to be more specific than that, because the Russians do something in their country. We don't do as much here. When you have whistleblowers here, you often don't end up dead. Unless your name is Julian Assange, and that's where he's headed if Trump doesn't pardon him. But for the most part, whistleblowing is fairly innocuous, unless, of course, you're doing it against the Clinton Foundation. In Russia, that ain't true. Putin has done a really good job for his people in Russia. He's raised their standard of living. Their economy is on pretty solid ground. But in one thing Russia does not have is true freedom of the press. Well, we don't either, but theirs is repressive and can be deadly. And reporters often do meet an untimely end inside of Russia. So these people have to be careful about what they do because they fall loosely into the category of whistleblower reporters. So when we look at, at what they're telling me, I've heard from two of them. And they said they're getting reports from people. This is credible. This actually happened. Or is it? So a he's getting reports from his sources in Russia that... This report about the Anunnaki, you know, um, coming toward this American base in Syria. Now, this just happened. This just happened in like the last, um, I don't know, say 10 days. He's getting separate confirmations on this. And that's a, another reason I wanted to play his video and then the next video. Because it's not just going to be coming from one source. And then we don't have anything... We have all the, the, the previous two hours I've been documenting where this is almost something we should be expecting to happen according to what the Bible says, according to what's happened in the Old Testament and what's predicted in the New. A story like the one I told you with Roswell and weather balloons. See, there's the catch. Well, let's come back to the United States. When I talk to people that have connections to special forces, and usually they're former special forces people, they tell me the scuttlebutt is that some of them are taking this story seriously. I go, you've got 
to be kidding me. There's no way you would take this seriously. But some are. It's a mystery within a mystery. Well, they took it real seriously in, in uh, Noah's day because it was their reality 24-7. Look out the front door. Mr. Giant walking down the road. You know? They took it real seriously in numbers when they went into the promised land. I mean, I'm just, what I'm saying is there's other times in history where this was just the main thing they were confronting. This was the main problem they faced. And we're coming back to that according to what Jesus said about the days of Noah. Wrapped in an enigma. And I wanted to share it with you. Now, some of you are saying in here, I believe in giants. and so, I do too. They're biblical. And then God says in the end days, he'll loose the giants on the earth. I'm sorry, guys. That's what the Bible says. It's not a UFO conspiracy theory. It just says this is what's going to happen. And I've had Steve Quayle on my show a number of times to talk about this. And he does so very eloquently. And scripture after scripture after scripture is invoked, invoked when he comes on my show and talks about this. So do I doubt that this is true? Absolutely no. I don't doubt that part's true. I just don't know if this Anunnaki story is true. I think it's pretty bizarre. And if they're doing that. <laughs> Dave is trying to hedge his bets with this. It's very obvious what he's trying to do. And I get it. I understand it. And I'm not saying that I'm dogmatically believe everything here too. But you can see he's parsing his words very carefully. What he's trying to do is get the information out without making himself too, too crazy. You know, and he's so he's cleverly doing that and i don't blame him I, I mean i get it i understand oh my does that change the paradigm now i'll leave you with one thought for years and years and years and years from 1984 to 2012 after my mom passed I was in possession of information that could have taken my mom's dad or my dad's pension away from my mother. He dies, she survives, she gets his pension, so forth. She could have lost everything. And my dad cautioned me, says, son, you really can't go anywhere with this information. I'm telling you this so you don't make wrong decisions. He was naval intelligence. I was recruited to go to the academy, to go to naval intelligence. My dad put his foot down and says, no. It's not the life that you want to have. And he says, I know you. You would not be happy in that world. And they made another run at me as an adult in a, in a different venue, but still kind of the same work, um, like father, like son. And if you know anything about intelligence work, folks, this is very common. Father-son combination is very, very common. Um, where this is headed is the fact that um, there is a hidden agenda here somewhere. How much of this is cover story? How much of it isn't? I don't know. But I had to hold these secrets for years. 1984, 1985 to 2012. In 2013, I went on the Hagen Report and I told about a little bit. I didn't give the whole story about what my father revealed. Before that, Jim Mars was flown in to meet me at the Phoenix airport um, by two confidants, Vance Davis, who you've heard on my show many times, former NSA, and the late Bill Pollack with intelligence connections of his own, who actually worked briefly with my father at a place called Sunstrand Electronics in Westminster, Colorado, and they worked on advanced satellite telemetry and logistics and, and spy capabilities. Um, so Bill and Vance 
um, and I hooked up. Now, I found Vance on the Art Bell Show. First time I ever heard the show. Talk, talk about hitting gold. I'm in bed, okay, and uh, I'm listening to Phoenix Suns basketball game. I'm ready to fall asleep. And on on air after that game, at that time, uh, Art Bell was on KTAR radio. Uh, now it's on KFYI in Phoenix. But um, Art comes on, he interviews Vance Davis. I'd never heard of Vance Davis. And Vance is talking about the secret space program. Oh, 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 yes, I know something about this. And the more he talked, I thought, this man knows what I know that I can't talk about. So I reached out to him, and he sent Bill Pollock to check me out to see if I was real. And the three of us became best of friends. Let me just share with you then going forward. We were involved in business dealings involving energy, plain and simple. And I'm not going to get into that where that went today. But we had a meeting, and the meeting took a side turn because there was a man who used to be the senior non-com officer of NATO, senior non-com, the power of a general. His name was Robert O'Dean, and Bob showed up at a meeting we had, and the meeting was clandestine. It was held in the back of a hairdresser's shop that was friends with Bill, and we invited specific guests that we wanted to have discussions with about where some of our energy projects were going. Well, this attracted the attention of Bob Dean as he found out about it and he wanted to attend. Now, Bob was starting to get on the frail side and was elderly. He's now since passed. But Bob was there and he started telling stories about alien encounters that NATO has had. We weren't even planning on going there. It was unbelievably earth-shattering. Now, I'm one that doesn't get his paradigm shifted very easily without data. You know, I've got to kind of hold it, touch it, feel it, see it, measure it, weigh it. Um, I'm one of those kinds of guys. I mean, as you know, you've heard me say I have a background in research and stat, and that's the way my mind works. But I have to tell you, when you're talking to a senior non-com in NATO, and Vance was NSA assigned to NATO, and they're both telling the same stories, you have to pay attention. What's going on here? Could there be any truth to this story that the Anunnaki surfaced? I have no idea. But this story won't go away. Listen, I got more important things to cover in my mind. I mean, we got to talk about what's coming after impeachment. And I've addressed this about the mental health issue with Trump. What's going to come after that? These are more important issues right now in my mind to our country and the welfare of our citizens than this story about Anunnaki. Theater. But this story refuses to go away. This is what's bizarre. So I said, okay, I'm going to purge the story. I'm going to cleanse all that, and I'm going to bring it out in the open and let it go out there to the cosmos and let other people take it and do what they will with it. I'm really not going to pursue this any further at this time unless there's some earth-shattering thing and we find out that Joe Biden's really an alien in human form. And I'm saying that almost tongue-in-cheek. I think he might be an alien in demonic form, but you know, nonetheless. So that's the story from here about Anunnaki, northern Syria, Putin involvement. But I will say this, too. Do you remember back in the Obama administration? And Putin, out of nowhere, made this statement. And this is true. He said, you, meaning Obama, either tell the world what you know about UFOs or we will. And I thought, whoa. And nothing ever came of this later. Do you guys remember that story? I remember that story very, very clearly. So I would also recommend in some of these areas I brought up, pay very close attention to Tom Horn, 
and to Steve Quayle. By the way, there's a story out there I've got to check out, and I'm going to give Tom a call today. But I'm, I'm hearing he's talking to natives about uh, stargates and what's going on with those. I'm not joking when I say this. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to Steve Quayle, he's not joking when he talks about no. this. Remember, that's how the, what they said with the Anastasi. They would portal in through these stargates, and they never knew when they were showing up. And they would come through and, you know, demand worship, demand human sacrifices, animal, whatever they demanded. And then all of a sudden they were just wiped out one day. And one of the things I've been told by someone in Intel, very high up in Intel, says, Dave, you want to know what we have? He said, watch the TV show Stargate SG-1. And Steve and I have actually had this discussion, Steve Well and I. Okay, now we're going to go into that extensively, Stargate SG-1 what he's talking about here um after we finish the next couple reports then we're going to go into that because that's unbelievable too a radio show so we live in a fascinating world don't we um so sometimes it's fun to take a side turn and not deal with all the negativity and the craziness from our leaders and then deal in some of the what ifs and maybe venture down the path of the sci-fi channel but i thought you would enjoy me bringing this out with the story that just won't go away the one thing that you better hope doesn't go away is your water. And I really okay. So we have that now. Um, I'm gonna just gonna finish a little bit on this, and then we're gonna go to the next video, which is going to give you an expansion upon what he just talked about and go into much greater detail of this attack that they're in reference to. Now, comments about some comments underneath Dave's audio that you just read, and there were tons of comments. Tons. Most of them were very positive. Some were like, "Oh, you know, this is." tinfoil hat stuff but and, and that's understandable uh one person rosette 52 dave about two weeks before the story you referred to about our forces there was a similar story on steve quayle's site about the anunnaki attack in morocco i didn't even see that they actually killed some people in that one and putin supposedly contacted the moroccan leader and told them to let the russians handle it because they had weapons that could kill the anunnaki that's exactly what the guy from twisted truth saying about putin that putin actually they've actually had enough engagements with them and they've figured out ways to actually kill these things they're still incredibly hard to kill but they developed these things called acoustic weapons which they can stun them with and then when they're stunned they can actually kill them but it's still not easy it's still not an easy thing to do so that was for me that was more confirmation um and then the one lady says, they are the giants from the Bible, the Anunnaki. Another person, Frost Girl 681 says, who is fooling who? Representative John Haler of Pennsylvania discussed this in Congress in July of 2017. He said something about the U.S. Space Force fighting extremely large beings from otherworldly strength. Google it. Furthermore, in 1989, in Voron. Aegis, Russia, the Anunnaki got out of their ship, walked around the park. The citizens said that they were taking samples. No one could dispute it because dozens of folks saw it. I, I remember seeing that story. It made international waves, but it was suppressed in the U.S. Well, of course, it always is, it seems like. Um, so then it says, get ready for liftoff. Um, the Bible says men's hearts will fail them for what is coming on earth. Live by faith. For Jesus, read the Bible. Yeah, this is part of men's hearts failing them for what's coming on the earth. I mean, this is 
part of it. And that's why I'm trying to prepare, prepare my listeners regarding this so that your hearts don't fail you so that you're actually ready to engage these things when this becomes reality. It's, <laughs> listen, for a lot of people in Syria right now, it is reality. For a lot of people in Afghanistan that live in those mountainous regions, this is reality. They've been dealing with this stuff for a long, long time and probably a lot of, a lot of other parts of the earth. Now, I have this, this chart in here, and it it's, it's a chart put together by a website. Now, I'm not saying I agree with every single thing about this, but it's a pyramidal chart, and it's entitled, and this is in the, um, the PDF, so you can access this and print it out if you like, and it says, who really runs the world? And so at the top, it's got the all-seeing eye of Lucifer, and it says, Hi, the highest level malevolent extraterrestrials who ex literally exist to feed off fear, death, pain, suffering, misery, and sacrifices, and the controller of the Archons. So, for all intents and purposes, you would just say the Archons are like the highest level of um, fallen angels under Satan. So you got Satan at the top of the pyramid, and then you've got that. And they, they do exist to feed off fear, death, pain, suffering. And here's the thing about these Anunnaki that I keep seeing over and over again with the reports on them, is they always show up in places of, uh, like in the Middle East typically, and I've, I've even heard Africa, where the cultures are very dark um there's a lot of fighting going on a lot of death and destruction that's what they feed off they like that and it's almost like they have permission to enter into these areas as the world becomes darker so they're they're not only literally feeding off the people that they're killing and actually taking back with them to feed off of but they feed off fear death pain suffering misery and sacrifices now, underneath Satan, you have the Archons and other invisible matter. And then underneath that, you have the higher level malevolent extraterrestrials, the Anunnaki. And then, now this is their theory. I'm just saying this is probably not too far off. Um, the third level is the lower level malevolent extraterrestrials like the Dracos and the Reptilians. And then you have the fourth level, the Vatican and the Roman Catholic Church. Then the Bilderbergers. Um, and the Business Advisory Council, the Council on Foreign Relations, the United Nations Banking Complex, the Federal Reserve and other central banks, the United Nations, the Council of 13, the Committee of 300, and Secret Societies. Below the pyramid, you will find corporations such as Monsanto, I mean Monsanto, sorry, world leaders and politicians are below them. And um, at the bottom, you'll find us 99.9999% of the population. So that's kind of, you know, kind of in a nutshell it's probably not too far off this pyramid here um anyway that's all i have for part two let's go to part three next and it's really going to heat up now because we've we've been building to this point so that we can play these other videos and get into some other things that i, I kind of alluded to earlier so god bless you and see you in part three